0: Well, good morning, West Oaks. Happy Easter to you. We hope this uh, message finds you well. Uh, bright and shining this morning. Um, we know at our house we've already searched for Easter eggs and spent some time enjoying a little bit of the treats inside. Uh, for those of you who received Easter baskets from us, we hope you enjoyed them with your family. And uh, if you can, we'd love that you could send us a 20 to 30 second clip of, of your your kids hunting eggs. Uh, if you could, send that to us to our email, weststokesonline at gmail.com. We'd love to take that and spend, uh, send a special message to you guys if possible. Uh, it is Easter morning. Uh, we celebrate such a wonderful day where um, death has been defeated uh, by Jesus. And so we recognize the importance of the day. But Easter is such a great holiday in our culture. Anyways, I know uh, our our family, we typically love to dress up and get our special pastel clothes on. So I imagine everybody right now is at home sitting on their couch and their, their bright pink or bright yellow clothes ready to have uh, service together. And I hope that you guys are are um, willing to spend some time with us this morning. Uh, you know, over the past few weeks, we've spent uh, some time on the uh, I am statements that Jesus made in the book of John. And uh, this entire book that John wrote for us, we believe, was meant for one major purpose, and that was to prove that Jesus was God. And so as we've looked at these statements that Jesus made in the book of John, these I am statements, uh, we've looked at them through that lens of Jesus is God. And so this morning we find ourselves uh, in John chapter 11. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to John chapter 11. And this chapter actually marks uh, the end of Jesus's public ministry. Uh, He spends the rest of his time before his death with, with his disciples before the cross, pouring his time into them, helping them understand the things that most of them have already forgotten at this point anyways. And so uh, here we find ourselves now from John chapter 10 to John chapter 11. In John chapter 10, Jesus said he was the door, and he said he was the good shepherd. And he said this in Jerusalem to a bunch of religious teachers. And in this, Jesus basically claimed and told them that they were not good shepherds to their sheep. And in that process, that angers these Jews, and so they look to stone Jesus. But it wasn't Jesus' time to go, and so Jesus managed to slip out, find his way out uh, into the countryside with his disciples across the river, Uh, where John the Baptist spent most of his time preaching, preparing the way for Jesus's ministry. And here we find Jesus actually having a lot of success. Many come to believe, the Bible says, at the end of John chapter 10. And in this time that Jesus is preaching and ministering uh, at this time, there is a family a couple miles down the road that we, we see enter into this story. Uh, We know if you grew up in a religious uh, household, if you spent time in church, you know you've heard of uh, these two ladies, Mary and Martha, they were sisters, uh, and and here we find them with their brother Lazarus in a bit of a situation. So John chapter 11, we're going to read verses 1 through 7, and it goes like this. Now a man was sick, Lazarus, from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And then after that he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. And so this messenger comes to Jesus with a message from Mary and Martha that says, Lazarus is sick. The family that you love, that loves you, that you have an intimate friendship with, with these people, their brother is sick, and he's really sick. And so much so that they sent for Jesus, this last-ditch effort. They know the power that Jesus has, and their hope is that Jesus will come and perform yet again another miracle uh, in the hopes of saving Uh, their brother Lazarus. And in this process, as Jesus receives this message, he says, this sickness will not end in death. And the messenger returns back to Mary and Martha. And Jesus stays two more days in the countryside preaching. He's having great success, and he stays. And at the end of those two days, he tells his disciples, let's travel back to Bethany so that we can go to Mary and Martha. And the disciples know what's on the other side. They left Jerusalem because the the Jewish, the Jewish leaders were looking to stone Jesus. And so they knew that making this way was going to be a difficult one. And we see this at the very end of chapter six, or verse 16 where Thomas is like, Hey, we're, we're going to do this together, Jesus. We, we're with you in death. Let's go. And so here we find ourselves in, in verse 17, Jesus and his disciples are making his way to Mary and Martha to get to Lazarus with the idea in mind um, that Lazarus is sick. And so here we find, verse 17, Jesus says, or the scriptures say, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for days, four days. Bethany was there, was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary remained in the house. And so Lazarus has been dead for four days. This is not what we were expecting in the story. In fact, the start of the story, Jesus says that this sickness won't result in death. And yet, here's Lazarus, dead. I mean, many people have shown up to mourn the loss of Lazarus. This is a prominent family. There's dozens, if not hundreds of people there. And in Jewish customs, when uh, someone died, they spent up to 30 days uh, mourning the loss of someone's someone's family member, and so this is this is a big deal. And yet here we find Jesus making his way with his disciples, and word gets back to the sisters, or one of those sisters, to Martha. So she runs out to meet Jesus, while Mary stays home and she stays inside, just just wrecked. And so we find in verse 21 this conversation between Martha and Jesus, and it goes like this: Martha says to Jesus, "Lord, if you had been here," My brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Martha has this great knowledge of who jesus is she's witnessed his miracles she's ate dinner with him she's seen him do things that no one else could do she's heard the things that jesus has said she has faith in who jesus is and what he can do and yet her response to jesus is one of a natural response in the face of suffering she comes to jesus and says lord if you had been here, I know, I know he wouldn't be dead. And then she says, But whatever you ask from God, I know he'll give it to you. And like M- Martha knows that her brother's gone. And she's weeping, looking for some sort, sort of consolation, someone to console her, to help her think through this process, someone to help her heal. She expected Jesus to heal him. That's why they sent the messenger for him. And so at the very least, she's looking for some sort of supernatural uh, act from Jesus to help her make it through this situation. And she says, whatever you ask from God, I know he'll give it to you. Jesus, you got a direct line to God. Jesus replies back in verse 23, he says, your brother will rise again. And then she hits him with the religious statement that every good Jew would be able to understand. She says, I know, in verse 24, I know that he'll rise again. I know he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. And look, look, religious people understood this concept. That those who believed in God would one day rise and be in heaven in eternity for eternity with God. Martha comes back with this religious knowledge that most people in South Texas typically already have. We have this religious background and understanding of, of supernatural things that are out there but not necessarily right here. And so whenever Jesus makes a statement, it triggers that religious thought in her brain. And she says, look, I know. I know that's coming. I know that will happen one day. And so this religious knowledge was at the forefront of her mind. All right, shes It's like a coping mechanism of some kind, right? It's like this modern day, he's going to be in a better place. There's no more pain. There's no more suffering. She says, I know he'll rise again. He's been dead four days, Jesus. I know. And so at this point, she's she's looking for someone to help ease her pain. She's looking for someone to answer the hard questions of why. Why did this happen? I mean, think about it. Her and her sister sat there and watched this sickness hit her brother quickly and take him fast. And so Jesus replies, not with the standard coping mechanism statements that we offer when people die or when hurricanes come or when we're stuck in our homes with COVID. He says this. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. But everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, ever. And then he asked her, do you believe this? Instead of offering a consoling, generic phrase uh, in this statement, he offers and declares some powerful things about himself. Uh, He says, I am the resurrection. He says, I am the life. He says, if you believe in me, you'll experience life, even if you die. What is Jesus saying? But they believed that Jesus had power. They had seen the miracles that he had done. They knew that Jesus was more than just a carpenter. And yet skepticism was widespread. And like us, sin prevented many from seeing what Jesus was trying to say. The things that he had already said before this. That he was God. But Think about this. God alone creates life. We see in Genesis 1 that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and then He begins to create, one after another, humans. He creates life in animals. He creates life for us to, to understand that all of creation is by God. He breathes life into Adam and Eve. And then we see in John chapter 1, Jesus says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Jesus is saying this, that God alone creates life, and then He says in John 1, I am because I was there when that happened. So look, both of these speak to life coming simply through God. And here's Jesus saying, in Him is life. How? How is life in Him? Because He is God. This is another statement that Jesus makes that goes over the heads of most of the people listening. And when he says that he is the resurrection, Jesus is speaking to his power over death. The Jews understood that life and death of eternity rest in God alone. And Jesus is once again here saying, look, I've got power over death. I can create life. Life exists in me. And if I want to take somebody from the dead. I can and I will if I want and so Jesus is, is saying here, like He says, if you believe in me as the Messiah, Martha, you'll live forever. And even if your body dies, He says, you'll, lo- you'll live forever with me. So how can Jesus make these promises? And that's a bold statement for Him to make. I mean, he's literally saying that He has power over death and He has the ability to create life. And So there's only two people that make those statements, crazy people and God. And so Jesus says this to Martha, and her response, I hope, is the response that we have. She says in verse 27, Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who comes into the world. See, Martha gets it. She says, I believe you are the Messiah. I believe that you're from heaven. And the statement Martha makes is the reason why John wrote this book to begin with. You know, we said at the beginning that the book of John was written with the purpose of of revealing to the world that Jesus is God. we see this in John chapter 20 and verse 30 and 31. He says this, um, Jesus performs many other signs in the presence of His disciples, so many that it would fill all the books in the world. But they're not written in this book, John says. But these are written, why? So that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And by believing, you may have what? Life. Life in His name. So Jesus goes to... The next sister, Mary, who's at home, to console her. Mary greets him and she says, You know, if, if you'd have been here, you wouldn't have died. And a similar response to her sister, Martha. You now these people are grieving like normal people do. And this is such a normal response in a time of pain. You know, in times of pain, of fear, there's this, this just overwhelming and overflowing amount of emotions that we can't control. And you think about it, funerals had emotions. These types of funerals, there was dozens if not hundreds of people there. And it was customary for them to hire people to come and wail to express their grief. Uh, And they did this for 30 days. Family, friends, onlookers came. I mean, the Bible even tells us in verse 35 of this chapter that Jesus wept. Like he bawled like a baby. I mean, there's so much emotion. And these sisters, think about it. They watched their brother die. They cared for him. They had this expectation that Jesus, this family friend, this one that they had witnessed do all these amazing things, would come and heal their brother. I mean, he was just two days away. And yet, Jesus didn't come right away. In fact, he just stayed and preached. Two more days, right? I mean, I'm sure there's some frustration. there. like, Jesus, if you would have showed up in time, right? Like, if you would have got here, you would have cut your sermon short, Pastor? Like, this would have gotten better? And there's, like, thoughts of why just overflow and come out? Like, I know you can do this, but why didn't you? And most of us today are sitting here going, why, Jesus? Why this virus? Why why my family members? Why these people who couldn't take care of themselves? Why this isolation? Why am I losing my job? Why, Why these financial troubles? What is going on, Jesus? I mean, I know you can, but why don't you? And if you're not, at some point you will. So Martha and Mary and even the crowd stop and say that. Hey, like, why didn't you do this? In fact, the crowd sits back and goes, I mean, isn't this the same guy that made a blind man see? Like, if he could do that, why not this? And so Jesus goes to the tomb. He gets to the tomb and, and and nobody really knows why. And maybe Jesus is there to pay his respects. And he gets to the door and he says, "Hey, remove the stone." And the sisters say, "Don't." And he's been dead four days. And the reason why, let me put it like this: You know, we bury people in the ground. At this day, they put them in, uh, in mountainside tombs. They would dig a hole out in the side of the mountain, and they would place these bodies in. They would wrap them in linens. They didn't embalm the bodies. They just put wrapped them in and whatever wrappings they had, and put a little spice on top of them. And they would close the door for many reasons, to keep looters out, to keep people from coming in there, but ultimately it was to keep the smell away. And, and what Jesus does here is he says, hey, roll the door back, and Martha says, no, it's been four days. Like He's gone through rigor mortis. He's, everything from the inside is now leaked onto the outside of his body. Like, Jesus, like there's no point. Like Don't. This body's decaying, um, it stinks. They didn't use embalming fluid, right? And Jesus says, didn't I tell you, didn't I tell you that those who believe will see the glory of God? And what happens next is crazy because these women believed, even though their belief was incomplete, They still had faith in who Jesus was and what they understood and what they knew. And so they roll this stone away. And as they do, Jesus prays this prayer in verse 41. He says, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe you sent me. Jesus isn't asking for permission here. Jesus is praying and saying, thank you for listening to me. He's doing this so that the people listening will understand the power and authority that he has that we saw at the first of the chapter. And what he does next is amazing. In this loud voice, he shouts, Lazarus, come out. And he does. A dead man raised to life. And so Jesus does this amazing miracle. In front of all these people, knowing that most of them wouldn't believe, even after this. I mean, I, I, I choose to believe that the tears that he wept were not just for his brother Lazarus, but for, it was for knowing that the cross was coming, but it was, I believe it was also, a big part of it was recognizing that these people here had seen something that none of us will ever see, and they still would not believe. So Jesus said He was the resurrection and the life. He said He was life because He could create all things. He's life because life in Him and the resurrection because He can defeat death. You know, these women and these people saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. Martha and Mary had this incomplete view of who Jesus was. But what they knew about Him was right. And sometimes our faith In Christ is not complete but that doesn't mean that what our faith is is not right our faith in Jesus is still true because it's based off of who Jesus is not based off of what we know and so why does Jesus let Lazarus die why did he go through all of this effort why could he have just snapped his fingers and said Lazarus is good y'all like why didn't he do that why did he choose to go through all of this work to raise Jesus to raise him from the dead? And I think there's three reasons, real simple. One is to prove that he is God to all the people listening. I mean, what a work that Jesus does. I think two, it was to strengthen the faith of the disciples that were there. Martha and Mary, the ones that had believed. Don't you think that that solidified their belief in who Jesus is? And lastly, I think it was to give life to those who didn't believe. You know, look, the the call to follow Christ is in this story. The call to follow Christ is still here today. And these are the reasons why Jesus, I believe, did this in this manner. And like, look, most of us today are trying to make sense of this story, but really we're, we're kind of in it, right? Like we're trying to figure out all of the sickness and fear and sorrow and these tough times. Like we have loved ones that are, are about to die or have died. We're sitting there wondering, going, "Jesus, why, did, why didn't you?" But there's death all around us, right? And Jesus here, like he, Jesus suffers a death on the cross that we deserved. Why? So that we could have life in Him. How is that possible? Like what, where do these work together? Most of us sit here asking the question, Jesus, why? But we don't have a full picture of what's happening. And we see in part, step by step, step by step, we begin to see a little more. Look, our faith in Jesus is not based off of Everything being fixed right now and not walking through sorrow or enduring difficulty. But our faith is in who Jesus is and what he has done. So what has Jesus done? This morning we've read the story about how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. But the truth is, is the most important part of the statement was made earlier when he said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Jesus says this, that you um, you believe in me. And you will never die. And even if you taste death, you will live forever. What is Jesus saying? He's pointing to the cross. And this is where we find ourselves this morning. We celebrate the death that Jesus died on the cross. Why do we do that? Because Jesus, God in the flesh, came from heaven to earth. Why? Not so we could tell cool stories about Him so that he could be the saving grace that we need. Jesus lived a perfect life, did nothing wrong, and he died on the cross and suffered a a sorrowful thief's death, a murderer's death, a a disgraceful, disrespectful death for for people like me who didn't deserve it. Why? He didn't have to. He did it out of love for us. And listen, if 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 Jesus dies on the cross and stays dead, then the stories that we tell and the reasons why we meet and the money that we give, the prayers that we pray and the things that we believe, they mean absolutely nothing if Jesus doesn't raise from the dead. And yet here we find today, we celebrate this day, Jesus raising from the dead. Look, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He's pointing to what's to come. And just as He raised Lazarus from the dead, God raised Jesus from the dead. And in doing so, Jesus defeats not only the power of sin over us, but He defeats death itself. So much so that even though our bodies will break down and die, we will live forever in eternity with God. Why is that possible? Because of Jesus. So here we sit today as Christians, celebrating what Jesus has done for us. Look, it's because of Christ that we can throw our favorite pink or bright yellow or whatever Easter-colored clothes on, throw some eggs in the yard, and walk around and have life and joy in the midst of this crazy season. Uh, it's because of Jesus that we can face death in the face and not blink, because we know who Jesus is and what has what He has waiting for us. It's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. That I can stand here today and tell you that no addiction, no past experience, no current situation, nothing that you have done or nothing that I have done can stop the love of God for those who would believe. You know, he tells Martha, he said, that life is found in him if you believe. So the question extended to you today, if you're not a Christian, is do you believe? Jesus We 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 recognize who Jesus is, but but Jesus tells us, and Paul tells us in the in the Bible that we must confess with our heart, that confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead. And if so, the Bible says we will be saved. And so for those of you watching this morning, there's two types of people. There are those who have believed. Praise God! I rejoice with you this morning. No, we can we can join together not 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 physically, but but spiritually together and and, and be excited and, and joyful for what Jesus has done for us. And we celebrate who Christ is because Jesus is alive. And just as the, the tomb was opened for Lazarus, we know now for sure without a shadow of a doubt that that tomb that, that Jesus was in, that door was rolled open and he is not there. He's risen indeed. The second person watching this today, those who have yet to believe, Maybe you've been to church your whole life or maybe you haven't been in a long time and you've heard these truths. You have that religious knowledge at the forefront of your mind like Martha did, but your faith is lacking. You've found that you don't have that peace that comes with with following Christ. You don't have that security of knowing that your salvation rests in His hands and that He holds your future. That's you today. Listen to me. You can Experience and follow Christ today. Your current sin, your past sin is not too great to keep you from experiencing the love of Christ today. And if that's you, I want to pray with you now that you could receive Christ. And so for those of you that are listening, you've already um, believed in Jesus, I want you to pray with me, but for those of you, uh, or pray for these people that we're about to pray with, but those of you who have not believed, but you're saying today, I want to believe, I want to pray with you, and you pray this with me right now. Just say it simple like this. Jesus, I admit to you now that I am lost and a sinner. Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are, that you are God. And I trust that you can save me. Would you do so now? In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you've prayed that prayer today, whether you said it exactly like that or somewhere close to it, it's not a matter about repeating those words perfectly. It's about believing what you said. If that's you, I would love it if you would contact us. Send us an email of some kind so we can help you take the next steps in your faith. This is such a great day to rejoice together because we can celebrate not only that Jesus is alive, but because Jesus is alive, we have new members to the family of God. We can celebrate that even though we're in our homes, we have so much to be grateful for. Listen, I appreciate and thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, If We have so many things that we want to share with you today, but we don't want to take this any longer than it is. So we love you. We thank you for worshiping with us today. And we pray God's blessings on you.